I'm just talking, babbling. This is what you came here for, isn't it? Hello, my loves, and Merry Christmas to you. It's Christmas. It's my favorite day of the year. I'm so excited because this is a very special holiday episode of So I Got My VFA. Guys, if you are new, welcome. My name is Kelsey, and this is a podcast where I usually talk about all the things that I feel qualified to talk about because I have my BFA in musical theater. But this week I wanted to do something a little bit different. So instead of my regularly scheduled program where I review a musical, talk about my weekly obsessions, and play a game with you guys, I wanted to do a holiday edition. And also because this is the last episode of 2020, because my next episode is actually coming out on January 1st, 2021, That's crazy. But because of that, I wanted to do kind of a reflect back on what this year has brought, what this year has done to theater, what has come out of this year because of the pandemic and everything. And I wanted to talk about some of my favorite uh, theater-related moments that happened in 2020 and, you know, wrap this year up with a little bit of fun and joy instead of harping on all the bad things that happened in 2020. I want to highlight some of the amazing collaborations and art that happened because of it. And I think that that is what we should all be doing because while this was a year that none of us really expected, a lot of kind of cool collaborations and art was made because of it. So I want to talk about those things. But before I get into that, once again, I want to send my condolences to the Broadway community. This has been a devastating week as we lost Anne Ranking uh, last week. And just a few days ago, Rebecca Luger passed away. And this is such a devastating loss of a wonderful and beautiful soul in this community. She was just the embodiment of grace and the characters she brought to life have left such a lasting impact on anyone who has played them or will play them in the future. And I just want to send my love and my condolences to her friends, her family, anyone who worked with her, anyone who was inspired by her. She was such an inspiration and oh my gosh, such a beautiful voice on that woman. And it's just such a devastating loss. So I want to send my condolences. 2020, you will not quit, will you? Like, oh my gosh, this has been such a hard year. And uh, hopefully the tides will turn in a week. But I just wanted to say that at the very beginning of this podcast because I know it's been such a a hard week for the Broadway community. Um, But I love all of you and uh, we're going to get through this. And um, rest in peace, Rebecca Luker. Moving on, guys, I am back home in Texas. I have my very fancy recording device, so no more staticky headphones, at least for the time being. Some very exciting things happening this week, one of which a faculty member of the college I graduated from, he's actually the head of acting, Larry Rancio. His wife, you might know her by the name of Anne Dowd, Emmy Award winning actress. Um, seen in The Handmaid's Tale and multiple other movies that she's she's just fantastic in. They are doing a reading of A Doll's House Part 2, and it's going to start streaming on December 26th, and it's I believe it's going to be streamed through the 30th. So actually, it starts tomorrow when this podcast comes out. That is so exciting. I believe you just have to make a donation to be able to watch or I'm not sure if it's a it's a, an audio. I think it's something like a, a Zoom situation. But their entire family is going to be doing a reading of this. 
I can't wait. I am obsessed with all of them, and um, I also love A Doll's House. So that's something really exciting to look forward to. Guys, I'm back home for the holidays. I um, weathered the storm of going through the airport to get back to Texas so I could spend Christmas with my family. And I'm just really excited to be here. This is the first Christmas where it's just going to be us. We're not going to see other extended family because of the pandemic. But it's going to be really nice. It's been nice to be back home. I can't wait to spend time with them today. And it's just really exciting to be home for Christmas. Christmas is a time in... To me, it's, a, it's about spending time with family, being around people you love, and uh, Christmas traditions, and yeah, so I'm just really excited to be home. All right, with that said, not a lot happened this week. I've pretty much been traveling and kind of just hanging out in my room, so not too much to talk about, but let's go ahead and get into the episode. Um, I wanted to start this episode with not my weekly obsessions, but my overall 2020 quarantine obsessions. Um, I thought I was trying to think of what to do to kind of replace that segment, and I wanted to let you guys know my favorites list of a bunch of things that I've watched in quarantine, mostly dealing with the entertainment industry. So this is my 2020 quarantine obsession list. And it starts with my favorite TV show. So these are things that I have found um, in 2020, not necessarily things that came out in 2020. I just want to clarify that because you're all going to be like, what? This came out like 10 years ago. Kelsey, what are you talking about? But no, these are things that I found during quarantine that have really, that have really just made me happy and things that I found things that I love during quarantine. So my favorite TV show of quarantine and of 2020 is, guys, I know you're all going to guess it and you're all going to be wrong because it is not Gilmore Girls. It's actually Parenthood. The TV show, not the movie. I became obsessed with this show. I told everyone I knew about it. It is just such a great TV show, the way it's put together. I mean, a lot of it is, it's like a show that's loosely scripted, but a lot of it is um, improv by the actors. It's a family show. It deals with real family issues. It makes you laugh. It makes you cry, like, a lot, guys. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'm not really one to cry during TV shows or movies or anything, really. But, like, this show had me sobbing at moments. And honestly, the way that they ended the series is, without a doubt, I think the best ending of any TV series I've ever witness in my entire life. It was so beautifully done and I wish there was more of it, but that show just really like got me going during quarantine. There was a time where I was just like not doing anything and just stuck at home and I would just watch it all day. <laughs> it's kind of pathetic, but that's what happens during quarantine. That's the, that's the world we live in nowadays, people. Yeah, favorite TV show, hands down, Parenthood. Go check it out. It's on Hulu. Favorite movie. I have two actually. One is Lady Bird, which again, like I really love the type of entertainment and movies that is very, it's just based off like life. It's so simplistic. This movie is literally like the plot of it is a girl and her mother and the girl uh, growing up in her senior year of high school. And just, you know, just like going through life as a, as a high school teenager, applying for colleges and all of that. And it's just so, the plot line is so simple. I actually talked to my brother about it because he hates it. Because there are, I mean, there are definitely different tastes. Like a lot of people like the action-packed, like 
high intense dramas, but like I really enjoy a nice movie that is just a simple storyline, and that's exactly what it is. Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf, like, come on, like you can't get better than that, like honestly. So that is one of my favorite movies. And another one is actually, I had to say it because this doesn't happen very often. I don't really like romantic comedies, but this one I feel like I could watch over and over and over again. And I actually, I watched it and then I watched it again with my roommate. And even she was like, this was a really good movie. It's called Because I Said So. Uh, Mandy Moore and Diane Keaton are the leads of it. And it's it's a romantic comedy, dramedy, I guess. And it's just, it's about the, this mom who's trying to set up her daughter with these guys. And the girl actually ends up falling in love with two guys. And you get the gist of it all. But it's your, like, typical romantic comedy. But it's done really well. And um, one of my favorite movies of 2020 so there, there you go. It's um, stated on this podcast. A rom-com is one of my favorite movies of 2020. My favorite book, I have two as well. One of these I read in a virtual book club that happened over 2020, which is only one of the many virtual things that happened. Gatherings, clubs, I don't know, that happened during 2020. We had we started a book club and we would just read chapters of a book every week and then we would get on Zoom and talk about it and have a good time. And I did it with my classmates. So it was more of like a, it was a, we talked about the book for like 10 minutes, but then we like caught up. But anyway, I digress. But we read this and it's The Life of Pi. And let me tell you, like, when I first started reading it, I was like, I don't know about this. He's talking about sloths, and that's kind of the pace at which this book is going. But the minute it gets into like the girth of what the actual story is about, oh my gosh, I could not put it down. Like I would read it constantly because I had to know like what was happening next. And it was just, it's such a an, an amazing, inspiring story. And I mean, when you think about it, like it just like it just it's one of those books that you have a lot of questions about and that makes you really think and i think those are the best kind of books that can really like transport you into that universe and really you set it down and you're like huh that's that was it was such just such a good story and then another one of my books i talked about this in multiple podcasts it's someday someday maybe by lauren graham i just love that it's a fiction novel about the life of an actress and about the life that i kind of want to live sans quarantine (laughs) Um, whenever we're done with this. So definitely recommend those two books. My favorite albums of 2020, I have two because I have a musical album and then I have a non-musical album. We'll start with a non-musical because we're we're all here for the musicals, right? At least I am. So the non-musical one is definitely Folklore by Taylor Swift. Guys, it's just like, it's it's something that Taylor hasn't done in a while, and I just, I don't know, I really love the vibe of it, and I listen to it, like, on the daily. It's so good. Um, you guys have already checked it out, so I don't even need to tell you to go check it out, but it just feels more like old-school Taylor Swift, which is, I love. Um, I was a huge, huge fan of her growing up. Yeah, it just feels like she's kind of getting back to her roots, and honestly, Taylor Swift saved 2020, in my mind. Folklore and Evermore, come on, like, you can't beat it. And then my favorite musical album of the year is kind of a weird one, which I never thought I'd be talking about. It's Beetlejuice. 
I don't know why, but I literally can't stop listening to this album. It's stuck in my head 24-7. Like, honestly, I have to take breaks from listening to it because then it's just stuck in my head for the next week and I, like, can't think about anything else. But um, go check it out. It's a great album. It's so sad that it closed on Broadway. Too soon. Gone too soon, in my opinion. But I can't wait for it to get out and start touring and uh, hopefully I'll be able to see it somewhere because I did not get to see it on Broadway. And then lastly, my favorite quarantine activity. I really fell in love with working out during quarantine, which is another thing I never thought I would say. I've always had a bit of an, uh, a complicated relationship with working out throughout the years, but during quarantine, like it was really the only thing that kept me sane and it made me really happy as well. I mean, I never really understood that exercising releases endorphins and endorphins make you happy, but Honestly, I kind of felt that this year because I mean when you're stuck in a rut and you're just like in quarantine and you're, you don't have anything else to do, that one singular activity can just make or break your entire day and that was working out for me and I just fell in love with it. I started working out with uh, Beth Nicely she and her new workout program called The Limit Fit. So if you guys want to check that out, she's amazing. She offers classes all throughout the week. She has a free Saturday dance class. And then on Sundays, she's actually Sutton Foster's trainer. So she live streams with Sutton, Sutton's private workout on Sundays, and it's all free on Instagram. And then she offers classes throughout the week as well. Um, so go check her out. She definitely had made my quarantine time a lot more bearable. And then something else that I found that I loved through quarantine was um, journaling. I started journaling like every single day and honestly it's so therapeutic. I never thought I was going to be one of those people that's like, I journal my life every day. It just didn't seem interesting to me, but honestly it like saved me during quarantine as well. Like it was just so therapeutic and just so nice to like put my thoughts down onto paper and I honestly highly recommend it to anyone whether you're in quarantine or you're not in quarantine like literally it will change your life. So those are my quarantine obsessions and now I want to talk about so this will like kind of replace the review of a musical segment. I want to recap some of my favorite moments of theater in 2020 and I made a list. I was going to narrow it down to five but um, I have an honorable mention in there and you'll see why. So at number six, with the honorable mention, with the honorable mention award, is actually an interview with Sutton Foster, and it's live at five with Paul Wantrek. And this is actually, I believe, the very first virtual interview that happened, at least in the Broadway community. And like I watched this a lot at the beginning of quarantine because it was just so like heartwarming to watch a Broadway actress, someone who you look up to and that you idolize and that you want to be like, just like kind of like live the life that you kind of have to live because like at the beginning of this, like everything shut down. Broadway shut down. Actors were unemployed and it was like, how how is this business like ever going to survive? And it was just kind of a breath of fresh air to just see the, the hope that they had during this interview and and it, it was funny like looking at it now like we thought we were going to be in this for maybe a month and now here we are sitting at like almost a year but it was just like at the time it was just a lot very heartwarming to see that like she was like I'm you know spending time with family and she she was just very hopeful for what this quarantine meant and 
what was going to be a product of this quarantine. And it was just like very heartwarming to sit down and watch that. So that comes in at number six. Not like a big thing that happened, but like just like a tiny impact on my life at least. Number five is actually a TV show and it is Grey's Anatomy season 17, like the plot line of it. It is so powerful, guys. I'm telling you, I mean, I'm definitely on the track of like Grey's Anatomy kind of like dying out, like maybe we should end it soon. This season took COVID-19 and just like went, went for it. It encapsulates especially the beginnings of COVID and before like anybody really knew what was going on. I mean, the early stages, like how many deaths it brought upon and just what it meant. Um, because I feel like now we're getting kind of more lax and we're not really, you know, it's it's been happening for like so many months that we're like, yeah, it's there. But like at the beginning of this, like, like it was just, it's just so incredible to see a TV show really emulate what is happening right now in the world. And it does such a beautiful job at that. I mean, I cried like the first couple of episodes because of it just like so eloquently portrayed exactly what our world is going through right now. So if you're not a Grey's Anatomy fan or you you put Grey's Anatomy to the side, I would at least recommend watching season 17 because it really, really just points out what is happening in the world and it just like beautifully portrays like the crisis of this pandemic and what our healthcare workers are going through and just like everything. So that's number five on my list. Number four is the Broadway One Night Only hosted by Tina Fey. I actually didn't get to watch it until last night, but when I tell you I sobbed Guys, I just miss theater. I miss live theater so stinking much. Like, I miss it probably more than I've missed anything in my entire life. Like, especially being an actress and a recent graduate from a BFA program, just, like, not having the opportunity to even try and participate in theater is really, really heartbreaking. And so just seeing these Broadway shows, like, come together for this one night and performing, and also throughout the show, I mean, it was a benefit for Broadway Cares. So throughout the show, um, like, famous Broadway actor after famous Broadway actor, just, like, telling their story. What really got me is a lot of the actors who are on Broadway currently telling the story of the day they found out that Broadway was shutting down, like, that was absolutely devastating. But again, like, it's just, like, so hopeful to see things like this and to see what this community is made of. Just to see this community come together and put on things like this in order to raise money for the community and the people who are struggling. And it's just like, it was an amazing concert. I think it was really well done. Yeah, so that comes in at number four. Number three is the Stars in the House live streams that Seth Rudensky and James Wesley have started throughout this quarantine. I am obsessed with them. It's all to raise money for different organizations. It started with the Actors Fund. I believe the Actors Fund is still like the staple organization that they donate to, but I think depending, they do donate to different organizations. I mean, when the uh, Equal Justice Movement was happening, they were donating to tons of Black Lives Matter organizations and things of that nature. And so it, it kind of like ebbs and flows. But 
I am just obsessed with what they have created. They do reunions for, so like old Broadway casts get together and they just live stream together. And that's available because of the world that we live in right now. Like this, we would have never seen these types of reunions in real life. It's just like too complicated to get people all in the same location. But when you're zooming from home or wherever you may be, it's so easy. And it's just, it it was an incredible response to the pandemic and the the crisis and i i mean go check that out like it is so it, it's just so cool like i'm sure whatever your favorite broadway show is they have a reunion of it or and they do some tv shows as well um and it's just so cool to like see the cast interact and, and talk and be humans and talk about the process of creating their shows or just like what it was like in in all regards of that so go check that out really really cool thing that they did i'm obsessed with it it actually inspired me to get a cast reunion of an old show that i i loved so much and yeah so that's why it comes in at number three i'm absolutely obsessed stars in the house go check it out number two is the sondheim 90th birthday concert that was put on by many a broadway name i mean seriously guys from start to finish this show had me in tears. It was just like, oh, these actors coming together to honor a man who has had such a strong impact in this community and just just seeing them like in their homes. Like, and, and that's when I get to number one, we'll talk about that some more, but just like seeing like everything that they are able to do from home and how they were able to honor this, such a, such an iconic legend in this Broadway community that will literally go down in history as one of the most successful composers already has, basically. But it was just from Sutton Foster's cinematography to uh, the Ladies Who Lunch trio. Gosh, oh my gosh, that is an iconic moment that happened in 2020. To Mandy Patinkin singing in a park, singing Sunday in a Park with George, a literally a park. Um, it's just like such a beautiful thing to see all of these actors come together and with that that kind of segues into my number one favorite theater moment that happened in 2020 it is the rosie o'donnell benefit show with the actors fund i am telling you this thing was three hours long and when i tell you i sat down and watched it all in one sitting and sobbed my eyes out for three hours straight like I'm not exaggerating this was at the like the very beginning of quarantine to raise money for the actors fund because I mean actors are unemployed not just actors actors crew members um techies like all unemployed because of this horrible horrible pandemic and Rosie O'Donnell had the idea to get all of these actors together put them on a live stream let them perform and let them encourage people to donate to the actors fund and there was nothing more beautiful than Kelly O'Hara sitting in a chair after a technical difficulty and just like gracefully I don't even remember what she's saying but it was such an impactful moment as an aspiring actress to see each and every one of these big Broadway names sitting at home and singing or not singing some of them didn't sing but just like all coming together as a community and collaborating for something that is so important. It just like gave people hope that even when the community is shut down, it's not dead. It is still very alive and it it's still running from the inside. And these actors are never gonna let 
anything stand in their way. It was just an amazing, amazing collaboration. If you guys haven't seen it, you don't have to sit down and watch all three hours of it at one time, but I do recommend watching it from start to finish at in increments or at one point, especially if you're an aspiring actress. Because I'm telling you, when the pandemic hit, as a, a college senior who was about to give her showcase and then start you know, going out and auditioning and being a part of this community, the devastation was, I mean, a thousand percent. And it, it still is. My roommate and I were talking about it the other day, actually. We were like, we really thought that we were going to be sitting in lines at 4 a.m. at this time and then going and working our day jobs and just trying to make it right now. But like, we really can't and nobody can in this community. And so just seeing concerts and benefits like the Rosie O'Donnell show or the the Sondheim concert or the the one night only just like being able to see the community come together and collaborate and put things on like that for the general public to view just it's so inspiring and it really just makes you want to be a part of that community so much more and so I just want to say thank you to everyone in the Broadway community who helped to put things like this together shout out to the actors and the crewmates and everyone everyone who was involved in these processes like thank you thank you so much for making 2020 taking something tragic and making it beautiful and art and that's exactly what theater does and that's why i love it so much all right that was sappy so (laughs) now let's move on to something just a little more heartwarming it's just like i'm not going to do a podcast without some type of game so i put together a little bit of a christmas this or that because it's my favorite holiday it's my favorite day of the year and i just wanted to to do a, a little heartwarming christmas fun so Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. When I was younger, I definitely think I would have said Christmas Eve because that's when a lot of our traditions kind of uh, played out. We would do a lot of stuff on Christmas Eve because I believe Christmas Day, we would wake up, eat breakfast, open presents, but then we would travel to Oklahoma. And as I've gotten older, we've been spending Christmas Day together and then traveling later. Obviously, we won't be traveling this year, but I want to say right now it's Christmas Day because it's just a day that I spend entirely with my family. You know, we wake up, we eat breakfast, we open gifts, and then we spend the day together. And most of the time we would go watch a movie, not this year, obviously, but I'm sure we'll be watching something in our living room. But it's just a a day that you get to spend with family and honestly that's one of the most important parts of Christmas and any holiday in my mind is that you you really get to spend it with the people you love. It's not about the glitz and glam, it's about the the heartwarming gestures and just spending it with, with family in my mind. Next is hot chocolate or eggnog. Guys, this is not even a competition. Hot chocolate is my favorite warm drink in the entire world. Not, it's not even chai. I get chai tea from Starbucks like every time I go, but I usually get it iced. But hot chocolate, I will drink it 24-7 if I could. And I really don't like eggnog, so hot chocolate takes the cake on this one. Next is gingerbread or sugar cookies. This one's kind of hard, and I feel like I want to say gingerbread. Because I love like a cinnamon cookie. Like snickerdoodle, gingerbread, like I love... I know that gingerbread is not cinnamon, it's ginger, but you guys know what I'm talking about. And yeah, and they're cute. They're like little cute, like men 
And sugar cookies, I feel like, are really fun for decorating, but I would prefer to eat gingerbread, I believe. And then white lights or colored lights. Guys, I'm definitely a winter wonderland Christmas gal. I love a white Christmas tree decorated with like blue and silver ornaments. My roommate definitely disagrees with me on this. She loves the colored lights and the traditional Christmas like red, green, and gold. But I just like, there's something about like a winter wonderland Christmas that really gets me going. So it's definitely white lights for me. And because I feel like colored lights just make things too busy. I don't know. But I love white lights. Anyway. And then my last this or that is a home Christmas or a destination Christmas. I guess I would say home Christmas, but I've never really been on a destination Christmas. But I feel like I would really enjoy that as well. I can just like imagine like being in Hawaii or the Bahamas or something on Christmas Day and waking up and going to the beach. Because I really, I just like... I don't like to be cold. I do love the idea of a white Christmas, but I just really like to be warm. And so like Christmas at the Bahamas, I'd be down with that. But my answer for now is a home Christmas that you can just spend with family and, you know, be merry and bright and all those things. My last couple are my Christmas favorites. So my favorite Christmas movie, I have two because I have one that's more comedic and then one that's more heartwarming. And for my comedic one, it's definitely a Christmas story. I mean, we literally, I, I think I got this from my parents because my mom is obsessed with this movie, but we watch it every Christmas. It's so funny. It's literally like become a tradition. Like we have like the boot, the fragile boot literally on our fireplace at Christmas time. I love it. It's such a good movie. And then my heartwarming Christmas movie is definitely The Polar Express. I mean, I watched this all the time as a child. I cry literally every time he hears the bells ring. Like, it's so, it's such a heartwarming musical. And honestly, it's probably fed my hot chocolate obsession because my life goal is to find hot chocolate that emulates the beauty and the magical aspects of that hot chocolate I have yet to find it but um, I'm still on that journey so maybe one day I'll, I'll let you guys know I'll let you guys know if I ever find that my favorite Christmas song is okay I'm a sucker for last Christmas I don't know why it's kind of like a sad song but um I really love it and then this is like really controversial and I almost didn't say it but like I'm just gonna say it because it really is my favorite Christmas movie and interpret it the way you you feel but like I don't interpret it as what the controversial people say it's interpreted as but baby it's cold outside has always been one of my favorite christmas songs i don't know why i love the like jazzy like irving berlin types of songs and this one literally every time it comes on like i just like have to sing along and i know it's controversial but it's my favorite christmas song and it, it's my opinion so uh welcome to the podcast where i share my opinion and you can either like it or not <laughs> My favorite Christmas treat. Guys, I'm really just a sucker for like a good chocolate chip cookie. That's all. I'm not like, oh, maybe actually I really like a snickerdoodle as well. So maybe like a snickerdoodle with chocolate chips in it. I'm really a basic gal. I'm not too hard to please. Give me a cookie. Give me any type of dessert. I'll be happy. And then my favorite holiday tradition was definitely when we were younger, we would put on our Christmas pajamas, watch a Christmas movie, and then we would drink hot chocolate and uh, we would always read the night before Christmas before we went to bed. And that was definitely, we don't really do that anymore now that we're older, but that was definitely one of my favorite, favorite Christmas traditions growing up. 
guys, that kind of wraps up the holiday portion of the podcast. And I definitely want to leave you with my advice column, especially with this being the very last episode of 2020. I definitely want to give you guys a piece of advice that might inspire you as you move forward into 2021. So in sticking with the New Year's resolution theme, this piece of advice kind of adheres to that a little bit. But it's to set attainable goals that only you can control. Set attainable goals for yourself and then journal and and track your progress. Obviously, like set big goals that are out of your out of your reach like if you want to be on Broadway like set the goal of like booking a Broadway show and have those big goals but in reality like you yourself can't control that that is up to the discretion of the casting director and the producers and and all of those outside factors this this piece of advice is to set an attainable goal that you and only you can control so if you want to hit a double pirouette by the end of the year Set that as a goal, write it down, and then track your progress throughout the year because it keeps you accountable for practicing and working towards that goal. When I was a, I think a sophomore in in college, I would set goals for myself like I want to have both of my splits flat by the end of the year, or I want to hit a triple pirouette, or I want to be able to open belt comfortably a C or C sharp. I would set those goals and then I would, so I wrote them down and then I would track my progress as time went on, whether that be recording myself or taking pictures of my flexibility. I don't know. (laughs) Just like find a way to, to keep yourself accountable. When you track yourself, like it really, really does. It keeps you accountable because you want to be able to see that in a month or two months, you want to be able to see your progress. And that's also something that's kind of cool to cool to see and fun. So if you track your progress, it really keeps you accountable to do all of the things and practice reaching your attainable goal that you set for yourself. And I do this every year. Sometimes I get it in a year and sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but I just think that setting attainable goals that only you yourself can control is just something that's super helpful, especially in this business that is so set up for you by other people and things that are out of your control. Like take the things that you can control and like work towards that and then let fate decide where everything else falls into place. That is my advice for this week. Guys, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you wouldn't mind, please giving me a rating or review. That really helps me out a lot. This podcast is something that came out of 2020. I don't think I would have ever started this. I don't think I ever would have had the thought of doing this had I not had time to sit and think and reflect and feel bored and so this is a product of 2020 not all of 2020 was bad so look look on it and look back at all of the good things instead of harping on the things that maybe didn't go our way or all the tragic things that happened look back at 2020 and recognize the good things that happened thank you guys so much for listening you can find me on instagram at underscore kelsey mcfall underscore or on tiktok at kelsey mc 137 Thank you guys so much for listening and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. I will see you in 2021. Bye guys.